from the twisted realm of science and the darkest pits of reason comes chilling tales of godlessness. Bear witness to the unfathomable terror that is... The Good Atheist! Hello, everybody. Welcome to the GoodAtheist.net bonus podcast. My name is Jacob Forte. And I'm Carissa Hendricks. Yes, as, uh, I am, as I am still in Calgary, in Cowtown, we are continuing our segment featuring the lovely Carissa Hendricks for the show. Oh, so lovely. Yes, oh, so lovely. And, and you know, modest. I still get emails that are just nothing but compliments about you. I uh, have to say it again. People love you for some reason. I have no idea why. They say that your voice is sexy. They say that our interplay <laughs> is wild and fabulous. You know what? I, those people must have had like girlfriends in high school that talked like me. That's why they think it's sexy. Because I talk You're just like so cute. a 14-year-old girl. That's it. You're just cute. And, uh, and I apparently love that 14-year-old girl you have on the show. It's awesome <laughs> and, and apparently, inappropriate. Yeah. And apparently we're just the, the most douchey couple together. But that works well in, uh, in a podcast Woot. format. Okay, you know, on today's show, we're going to be talking about controversy over evolution in Israel, and we will also be talking about uh, the Catholic Church in Washington, or Catholic Archdiocese in Washington, pulling out their uh, adoption services in light of uh, gay marriage legislation. But first, I want to just talk about evolution in general, and and the, the public perception of evolution, because... You were asking me before when we, when I was going to talk about it, when we were when I sent you a link to the topics that we we're going to talk about, and you're saying, well, what percentage of Canadians believe in evolution? Because we weren't included in that particular article, so I was just curious. And and uh, I don't know if some of you have seen uh, some of the. There's a really well known and and well traveled little piece of uh, little image that shows the relative belief in evolution per country, and for some weird reason, Canada is left out. But you know. Shitty countries like Lithuania and Latvia are included, but apparently no Canada. I don't know if they think that we're just a uh, fiat. Why insult random countries? Screw you! Well, because they were one <laughs> after another, and I don't like them. All right. <laughs> I'm just surprised that, like, some of these countries made it and we didn't. Well, it's I suppose that people don't really care. And it was, uh, we, I finally found a, uh, a study that actually breaks down... Uh, belief, uh, it's by the Angus Reid Strategies uh, Organization. And uh, what was really cool about this one, too, is that we got to see per province uh, which which were the uh, which believed in evolution more and and and, and less. Now, if you're just, not just aware, just the fact that we have to have this study is embarrassing to the human race. <laughs> they believe in evolution. Oh my God! 150 years after the publication of Charles Darwin's Origin of Species. I mean, it is 150 years, uh, and in February uh, we we just celebrated Darwin's 200th birthday. He's not alive anymore, everybody. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to. Let you in on that secret. His brain is in a jar. His brain is in a jar. It still seems to me like quite disturbing that the numbers are as low as they are. I mean, uh, the the average in Canada it's about fifty nine percent with nineteen with nineteen percent saying that they are not sure. Now I can understand the twenty two percent of people who say, "Well, I believe in God." The Earth is. 10,000 years old, because you're always going to find that segment of the population that just refuses to believe in, fuck, any science. I mean, mm. you don't think there's still some flat earthers out there or people that deny, well, I guess it's harder to deny gravity, but there's plenty of different scientific... I don't believe in it. Yeah, there, 
There are plenty of different scientific discoveries that people just refuse to believe in because they find it either offensive or they find it that, you know, it conflicts with their religious belief. And what of all theories would conflict the most with a religious belief? What is, what is as Daniel Dennett would call, uh, a universal acid? Uh, and, and, and obviously that answer is evolution because, I mean, e- even though... You, you've heard this before where the Catholic Church and even uh, the Protestant Church, the Church of England, has said, well, there's no conflict between evolution and science. And let me ask you this question. Do you, what do you think of that claim? How do you think that they can reconcile evolution and oh, their religion? The ca- NOMA is bullshit. NOMA was a way of getting away. Well, what is NOMA? With- First, you'd have to explain to Non-overlapping what? magisteriums? Magisteria, yeah. Magisteria? That was uh, proposed by Stephen Jay Gould, but what was really he funny... he was bending over backwards to be allowed to do his own research. I understand why... No, it's why not I'm... why he did it. It's not why he did it. Why and did he do it? I think that the reason is the Seems same as... So I, I think the reason he did it was just because he wanted to present this view uh, that science and religion didn't conflict because... I was reading a book called Unscientific American, and they propose that it's a huge problem that atheists have sort of tried to use the uh, theory of evolution to try and marginalize religion because they say, well, they shouldn't be incompatible, and they're making everyone believe that evolution is somehow an atheistic science. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of partial that, to that only in the fact that I, I do believe that there is sometimes... Uh, a kind of a disadvantage to this, if only because you you always know that there's this margin of society that's going to have to choose, <laughs> and if and if faced with having to choose between a scientific theory and their religious faith, they're always going to pick their religious faith. So sometimes we do paint them in a corner. You know, it's like you said it yourself. Even a bunny that's kind of painted in a corner will attack you. Is it will. Bunny, little fluffy baby bunny, if it thinks it's fearing for its life, it will kick and scratch. So they got claws. So the same thing might be said for religion. I mean, Stephen Jay Gould claws. doesn't exactly strike me as or struck me as one of these guys that would just launch a war against it but even this even the guy who invented the concept of noma later on in a lot of his speeches was basically saying well the entire reason uh for this is 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 comfort and so on and so forth so he even Mm -hmm. suggested that it was all bullshit so don't just look at noma and think gould what were you thinking it was just like any like any other person that's probably has friends or family members that believe in religion, you're you're almost an apologetic for their ridiculous and retarded views. Here's my thing. Okay, if religion is willing to give up all of the physical manifestations of the deity, no miracles, no interfering in people's lives in any way, no interfering with the physical world, no must fine. Because a world where God can alter anything at any moment is a very different world when it comes to uh, the way we do our calculations, the way we understand gravity. Like, if he can just change all that at any moment, then they're not good constants. We have to start over when it comes to science. So, they are conflicting. Like I think they're conflicting in, in sort of different ways, because even if there was a God that could alter the the physical laws it doesn't necessarily mean that the physical laws that we've understood now are suddenly invalidated i think the real problem comes from the doctrinal approaches of these religions like look okay let's take a just a basic look at christianity right five seconds into it when you're just realized well if you're saying that we descended from quote-unquote lower animals that were the product of evolution over billions of years what exactly does that mean 
uh, in terms of God creating us in our in His image, or us being somehow the chosen uh, species, if in reality our the, the our existence is entirely the product of random chance and well, blind the, luck. This fantastic. Okay, so when I was when I was first, you know, moving over to atheism, I met this guy, and he he's a youth pastor in Calgary, and we hang out sometimes. And uh, his explanation of that I thought was great. For a moment, it totally won me over. Oh well, then I need to hear it. What is okay. it? Okay, so his idea is that um, the creation story is actually the story of when we got our soul. So other animals don't have soul. Yeah, we totally evolved from apes. He completely believes that, except for God, you know, the whole let there be life, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Right. When when, uh, he plopped man and woman on this earth, it wasn't, he was putting the idea of humanity into the human form. So the human form just used to be animals, and then he gave us our humanity. And that's kind of his perspective on it. Does, he have, I, a, does he have a time frame for when exactly God infused us with the soul? I don't ask many questions. <laughs> because I just thought it was good. I mean, if you take a moment's thought and actually think about that thing, it's stupid. But, uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's a I think cool you and way I have of a rectifying. different view of what good is. I mean, it's kind of, that, that's just like, oh, well, at the moment where it was just ripe, God came over and said, now's the time for you to stop being a lowly beast. And I'm saying, when exactly is this? Is it a switch? God decided, well, you're just, you're, what are we, like bread in the oven? <laughs> and, and, and remember I said last show that if you took our ancestor 100,000 years ago and plopped him, like kidnapped the baby and tried to raise it, Today, you would not see any difference. Mm -hmm. They would be able to learn exactly what you learn. They would act exactly the way that you act. And yet we're supposed to believe that for the majority of our life as homo sapien sapien, God was like, well, I don't want to interact with this thing. It's soulless. Well, I know. I'm not saying it's. I'm not saying the theory proves anything. No, no, obviously. I'm not, I'm, just... I'm, not, I'm not pinning you in that corner, baby. <laughs> I'm just saying that... It it takes a lot of mental gymnastics to make that work. Yeah, but I, I mean, I can understand why intelligent people, some intelligent people, would be able to justify the two and say, oh, they don't conflict. But the reality is, if your god has anything to do with the physical world, they do conflict because science is all about trying to measure and understand the physical world. So... There is no such thing as Noma. There really isn't. Unless your god is one that is not worthy of worship, and you're just going to make him some guy in the sky who keeps an eye on us but does nothing else. Unless you're a deist, Noma is impossible. I always think that it's funny that people have this, you know, they, they'll jump around from saying, well, God made this happen uh, if it's good, and then as soon as it's bad, they'll be like, well, that's a natural disaster. <laughs> and I always thought, well, you know, it's either it's one, of, it's one or the other. You know, if you if you wanted to say that good things happen because God made them happen, then, you know, you have to accept the fact that bad things are also his maniacal and evil plan. Can I, can I do a weird side tangent thing? Yeah, maybe. Okay, when I was in... Uh, this is my weird question. This is the thing I've always been curious of. When I was in Vegas, there's this place there, and it's like, the devil's den. Is it... What do you mean by the devil's den? What is it? Describe it's a bar. this place. It's like a bar. It, it's, I took a picture of it. That's an important... It's a bar. To the story. I, I know. <laughs> Can I just tell a story? Crazy? No. Okay, Arr. go ahead. Okay, so it's this bar. I can't, it's probably not called the devil's den, but there's a big thing of the Satan, and the theme is Satan. Arr. And uh, I went in there, and just to hang out and see what it was like, and... Uh, a lot of people there were very clearly believers, which I thought was interesting. And this is the thing I was always questioning. Do I live in a bubble? I think I live in a bubble. Because when I was looking at this study, uh, I could not believe how many people didn't believe in evolution. And then when I went into this bar, and I, I mean, I was by myself. I was wandering around in Vegas by myself. And I started just hanging out and talking to people. And they were clearly, you know, Catholic and religious people. It was like, 
if you think of Satan as a cartoon character, if you think of him sort of the way I do, cool, awesome, cool bar, fantastic theme. If you don't, what are you doing there? Like, how how do they make any money? How... It, ah, it well, was so confusing. You, you don't need to attract every human being to your bar to no, make money. No, no, no. But there were there were clearly reli- that was not a bar full of non-theists and atheists and and fenceters. That was there were some religious people in there. I know. I hung out with a bunch of people. It was just like boring afternoon in Vegas, and I was trying to kill some time before we met up with our party. And it was some clearly religious people there. And I I really regret not going up to them and being like, "Why are you here? Are do you think that?" this is a theme, this is, like, a thematic thing, or do you really believe in Satan? Like, what is your perspective? Because this study kind of makes me think that there's a lot of people who live like non-believers, but then when you ask them questions, they're like, oh, well, this is going into a report, I have to say this, because this study is insane. Do I just live in a big bubble where I only hang out with people who believe in evolution? Yeah, you do. You really do. I mean, must. You, you, were, you were telling me, oh, come to Calgary, and it's not so bad here. And, and we were, sometimes we're in the metro, and every time you're saying, like, let's talk about the topics that we're going to cover on the show. And once in a while, I'm like, I don't want to because I don't know what kind of crazy religious fuckface is going to get in our grill and be like, what are you doing? What are you saying? Like, hello, this kind of thing happens. I mean, it even happens in the very secular Quebec that I live in and i mean it 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 scored the best 71 percent okay compared to 59 national average 79 percent in my home province and of that only nine percent did we do the worst that uh, oh no you didn't actually do the worst the the worst was actually ontario for some weird reason Hmm. uh but nine percent actually thought that it were creationists uh, and that's actually fairly impressive. I mean, everybody who always asks me, ah, is it tough being an atheist in, in, in Quebec and so on and so forth? Really, it isn't because atheism is uh, the, you know, the, the movement of the intellectual elite in Quebec. <laughs> and, uh, and they take pride in having pushed away the, 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 the Catholic Church in the quiet revolution of the 1960s. Because until then, hospitals, schools, everything was run by the Catholic Church up until the 1960s. Hmm. And it was only then they were able to push them out. And they pushed them out hard, all right? You call it a quiet revolution, but it's not because it was, you know, super quiet. It's just because it wasn't violent, you know, for once. Well, it's a good thing that they don't own uh, the adoption agencies because that's coming back because they're Catholic are holding it over the the heads of the locals in where is this? This is this is in Washington actually. In Washington, Washington D.C. See, uh, I don't know if you guys remember this. That was but my attempt at a segue. That was almost. I had to refer to it because awesome. I was. I, I was all over the place with that. You were a little bit over, over the place, but uh, everybody appreciates a good segue. No, the the, the segue that you tried is basically. I don't know if everybody remembers this, but I had mentioned that there were a number of Catholic charities in Washington that had threatened to pull off the pull their their services to homeless people and to um, adoption agencies over the uh, proposed legislation to make gay marriage legal. Do she now? Here's the thing. When reading this story, basically, there was this one charity that had a caseload of roughly, I think, uh, 43 children. So it wasn't particularly large. And they decided to sort of pass it over to another um, uh, adoption agency. So they're they're just trying to get out of this business. But they want to leave saying, like, oh, look. We were forced out because we didn't want to um, damage children by letting them be adopted by gay couples. Well, and it was also, I kind of felt the article was like, you know what? We warned you. We said we were going to do this. And now we have to. 
Mm, like there was a lot of that in it too where it's like you should have listened to us but no bill donahue who's as you probably remember from some of the previous podcasts is the president of the catholic league that's basically the organization that tries to defend everything the catholics do this is the same douchebag that's like well all those uh child molestings in in uh in dublin ireland were really mostly just physical abuse and not sexual abuse so it's not as bad as everybody thinks. This is the kind of stuff that he says. The ultimate apologetic, apologetic jackass. Anyways, wow. his argument was saying that Planned Parenthood didn't have to put up with the same kind of, um, I don't know, standards as they did. Because the government wouldn't force someone who, it wouldn't force the organization to um, refer religious individuals to religious institutions. Because they could in turn say, well, that's a violation of separation of church and state. So he's saying, it's not fair. You're not putting the same guidelines versus these secular institutions. And I'm saying, of course not, Bill Donahue. They're secular institutions. <laughs> they are not subject to the same limitations as you because you're a theistic institution. The separation of church and state is in your face. You just have to deal with it. Oh, so sorry that they don't subscribe to the same rules. But at the same time, these jerks are going around trying to think they can bully people into not, uh, you know, supporting or, or allowing gay marriage. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. They were doing this with homeless people, too. They're like, we're going to stop feeding these people if you just <laughs> let gay people marry. I'm like, what does that have to do with gay marriage? Obviously nothing. But for them, they 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 fear their liberty in being able to discriminate against gays. This is their true fear. I just hope people pick up on how petty this is. And uh, and kind of, you know, get on the emotional bandwagon of, like, you're jerks. And also, I mean, if, if you take away all of the stuff that the church does in terms of, like, for the public, if they stop doing all that stuff... That's good news. That's great news, because right now that's a lot of people's argument. Oh, well, we need them for all this charity stuff. And it's like, really? I think there's a lot of secular char charities doing a damn good job. And if they just dried up and went away, we'd have no more of that argument. It'd just, it just be all of a sudden, oh, so they don't provide any good and they're just picking on people? Maybe we don't need them after all. I would love more people to be on that bandwagon. I think that if, if, if your qualifications for providing a service uh, is that the service is only provided in, in light of the organization's very twisted and weird ideological views i'm like this is not the right type of service that we're looking no. for you know we need services where all everyone is uh you know where there are no exceptions it's not just well we can't service you sir because you're a homosexual i'm like i'm sorry this is not adequate this is not what we what we want from charities so yeah catholic church stay the fuck out of all charities we don't want you there every time you are there you kind of lord over your ideological viewpoint on us and we don't agree with your ideological viewpoint also there's no way to tell what is going to be a, a religious sort of institution i mean i remember that um what do they do the shoebox thing the shoeboxes for christmas I have no idea what Anybody you're talking about. Anybody know that? About. We do that here. Maybe you guys don't do it in your in your corner of the world. But we have these shoe boxes. They give it they have them all at the supermarkets and everything and you take one home and you unfold it and you fill it with crap and then they mail it out to needy people in third world countries. Then why for Christmas. a shoe box? Well, because it's easy to mail. And it and it's their it's their gimmick, right? All right, okay. I get but it. the whole thing is kind of done like, Oh, it's so charitable and it's so good and we used to do it the reason I got involved with it was because it was part of what we did at our, my Catholic school that I was raised, you know, went to. And uh, 
I, I was online just doing some random research one time and, and I found this huge expose of like, oh, well, these children have to go to like a week of prayer services before they're allowed to have these shoe boxes. And it's like, that's my shit. I'm putting shit in a box and you're using it to manipulate children into believing in God. Can we please put that information on my registration form so I can decide oh, against that's it? so shitty. It was awful. I was, I was heartbroken because I'd been doing this program for how many years in a row? And I was like, ugh. I've been that's, that's, them this all is, along. I hate this strings attached bullshit that it's all these scary. religions use. And I know that it's not all religious institutions that do this, but at the same time, you're always wondering, well, which one of them is going to do this? Yeah. They're, and they have a strong incentive to, to, to manipulate people in this way because in their eyes, the stakes are nothing more, uh, nothing less than people's eternal souls. And you you shouldn't be surprised when they resort to these weird and very uh, terrible tactics. You know, these are not this. They they view this as utterly moral because they're like, well, I have to save him more than I have to feed him. I guess. <laughs> I mean, look in, in in Haiti. I was reading an article about how uh, some uh, charities, Catholic or Christian charities, are denying individuals that uh, that practice. Uh, no, no, don't worry, it's a different. Now we have to edit this. <laughs> that practice hoodoo or voodoo. And uh, I'm not saying it's all of them, but it's definitely a, uh, a portion of them that are doing this because Christians view hoodoo as, and voodoo as, as essentially satanic. Mm-hmm. So they, they, they not only fear these, this religion, but they outright have contempt for it. And the Lord over their, their food, the medical supplies or whatever, because they don't have an obligation to give it they're a charity they can still choose to tell to say no to you and uh, they who who's going to bring them to task us atheists i mean come on now we barely have any influence <laughs> that's a damn good point okay let let us segue to something else because um you segued too quickly for me i was not ready for the segue because i wanted to talk about evolution again because we hadn't finished talking about this one point i got lost yeah i'm gonna slap your arm but anyways you should make a list for me so it's like do not try and move the conversation but you don't have to i usually do an all right job i'm the host all right if you feel like you want to host a show we can host a show you know next show we can make it the carissa Hendricks show and i'll be the co-host you don't want to do that no sounds like work <laughs> it's already we're co-hosting, so it might only be a little bit more work to do it. No, you don't mm, want to do it. Mm, let me think about Why it. Why does no one want what? to just try to take the host reins for like five <laughs> seconds? I want to take a bit of a break. Okay, well, why don't we let uh, your fans decide if if there's enough people who are like, yeah, Chris, you do that, then I'll do it, and if not, then you could do it. Well, it's tough because we're on the bonus like show, so exactly. yeah, the, the the people who listen to it, you guys are really gonna have to email me <laughs> and uh, clamp down on this stuff. Oh, so clever. Okay, the thing I wanted to talk about in particular, which was why we had talked, why we were mentioning, ev- uh, you know, the the rate of belief in evolution in different countries, specifically our own, uh, was because of this one bit of news that I was reading. Uh, from the National Center for Science Education, which uh, was talking about a, a controversy in Israel where the chief scientist of Israeli's Ministry of Education was uh, sparking a lot of controversy because he is saying that he did not want evolution to be taught in schools. He thought that um, the theory of evolution is not a scientific fact, and he feels that uh, students should be allowed to view other uh, competing quote-unquote theories to the theory of evolution and uh if you think that's surprising i mean consider what we we said what 59 percent of canadians believe in evolution well it's actually lower 
in Israel. It's roughly about 54% of the population believes in evolution. Although there have been some conflicting studies. One study even found something as low as 28%. But, you know, with any polls, it always depends on what the question is rather than what people's beliefs are. So you always take those polls with a grain of salt. But no poll, no matter how cleverly they ask if you believe in evolution, has ever really gone higher than, say, 60%. So we we can already recognize that although a majority of the population may believe in evolution, it's not a very strong majority. And there's still a significant portion of people that are always saying, well, I'm not sure, <laughs> which just endlessly angers me. But I think back to the point of it seems like this, an important issue to be not sure about. Well, it's an important issue to you and me, right? Because we regard this as a fundamental Where did scientific it come principle. From is a pretty, in- I don't know. I think any four-year-old will ask, "Where did we come from?" I just, I don't know. I just think that's a genuine internal human curiosity to be not sure about. I think, I don't it's, think, an, it's, I think just- it's an easy curiosity for people to either. Uh, work out of you or for Mm. you to start when you don't have any satisfactory answers for you to ignore. I was thinking myself as I was uh, writing uh, the book how I wanted to describe my own uh, discovery of of the meaning of of the theory of evolution because it's not just an answer. It also carries with it a lot of philosophical weight when you think about it. Because Mm. when I was, I, I don't know, I guess eight or nine, the question if we evolved from apes why they're still apes at the time seemed like a pretty compelling argument to me i'm like yeah why is that and of course i didn't have any answers because i went to a school called pope memorial elementary school which is a catholic uh elementary school and well they're not going to provide any of those answers for you And, and even in high school it just never seemed like we never really spent much time talking about evolution like in most high schools for some reason, the topic is either too controversial or I think people always focus on something that is easier to test. Because how do you really test comprehension in evolution other than sort of saying, did we descend from uh, more primitive life? Yes, 100% for you. You passed the exam. <laughs> you know, I, I think that in a lot of schools, because it's not as easy to test as, say, mathematics is or, uh, you know, chemistry or physics even, that it, it's often, you know... Uh, overlooked just because it's it's not one of those things that's easily testable. But regardless of that, I think it's just there is a time when that curiosity is powerful and almost palpable in, in people, but it's so easy for it to disappear because there's so many other things that you're concerned about in your life. I mean, what are you concerned about right now? Do you wake up this morning and wonder like, ah, where do we come from? Ultimately, what is evolution? Bruh. All right. That's no. a good point. Okay. So, but at the same time, I mean, it doesn't help when, say, the chief scientific advisor for the education department is saying ridiculous things like, well, the theory of evolution shouldn't be taught. Now, you may wonder, why is it that a chief scientist is saying something like this? Well, the chief scientist in question is an aeronautic engineer, so, or I'm sorry, he's, he's not aeronautic, he's uh, aerodynamic engineer. I didn't even know that was a real thing. Aerodynamic engineer? It seems like a silly thing to be an engineer of. It's very specific. What are you talking about? Aerodynamics is awesome. It is no, it's it totally things it's totally like, awesome. Right. It's totally awesome. But if that's all you do, well, his position, the, the fact that he was put in that position was itself a, a controversy because everyone was arguing. Well, if you're in, if if you work for the Ministry of Education, you should at least have some experience within the educational. Uh, uh yeah. Um, I don't want to say industry. What am I thinking about? Uh. Educational institution. There was. <laughs> I think what a disservice to to students uh, in this country 
of uh, you know of, of having such poor representation. Now, obviously, everybody's not everybody, but people are calling for him to be sacked, which I agree. I mean, sack anybody who's telling you that evolution is not a scientific theory. I mean, uh, please find me one serious scientist who disagrees with this. Please, I beg of you, find me fucking one reputable guy that thinks that it's not real. I'm happy to hear that they're actually calling for him to to be what is it? Dis, what what's the word for if you if you lose your position in, in that official sense? I don't know, I just think sacked. <laughs> we'll just use sacked. It doesn't okay. have to be a specific title for selling, telling a guy get the fuck out of here. I'm impressed that they're doing that though, that they're standing up for for logic. <laughs> And science. Well, this isn't the United States, so... I mean, if you said that in the U.S., you probably wouldn't be dismissed. You'd pro- somebody would probably applaud you and say, Yeah, you're fighting the fight against science. And you know what? I was <laughs> that reading... That evil, evil belief system, science. A lot of people don't like it. You know, I think they view scientists and science itself as an arrogant you know what, process. Though? It is a little arrogant. Of course it's a little ar- <laughs> You're always going to be arrogant when you're trying to find the truth. And when everybody else believes in nonsense, it's like, oh, I'm so sorry that you think that uh, I'm arrogant because I believe in, 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 in the descriptive power of science and explaining the objective reality. You offer nothing. Your position is worthless. Am I supposed to sort of placate individuals and say, oh, well, everyone's entitled to their own opinion and all opinions are equal? No, they're obviously not. I, I wish I could credit this properly, but there was this article written by uh, some social scientist, and she was talking about how um, she she was doing some uh, some interviews with people, and she thought of how interesting it was that on an individual level, if, uh, if, you, if you were a couple, let's say religion and science is a couple, and uh, religion comes in and goes, well... He's arrogant, and he keeps making me feel stupid. The first thing the psychologist would say is, maybe you aren't as intelligent, and you're projecting. And I just thought that was so interesting Ouch, in this article, because nice. I was like, what? I'm That's not... a pretty damn good point. That is you know, a pretty it's like, damn good point. I, I can completely understand feeling... I mean, yes, there is some genuine arrogance, but I can completely understand that being a, a basis for their feeling uncomfortable because when somebody comes up to you and has a really strong point and is really confident in it and kind of beats you down and all you have is your quote-unquote faith, which is, you know, so wonderful and, and, and holds so much weight in a conversation with a scientist, you feel stupid. So, of course, you're going to say, you're really arrogant and all atheists are arrogant because we make you feel uncomfortable and we make you feel stupid. Well, you know, let me, let me use another analogy. Imagine that you were watching a boxing match. Right, and for and for two hundred rounds, one guy was just basically schooling the other, constantly knocking him out or knocking him down, and just not even getting any blows, and just it, it was a massacre out there. Now, at one point, you know, I think it's a natural feeling to want to go for the underdog, right? Where you're just saying, well, science has displaced religion so much perpetually, like all the time, that I think to some degree they're like, well, it can't explain everything. There must be something more, and that something more must be religion because religion gives me purpose, and religion gives me a feeling of morality, and religion gives me a a feeling of self-worth, and And all that science does is demystify fucking everything, and they're (laughs) taking away magic, then yeah, I think that part of you might even sort of say, damn you, science. Yeah, get knocked down once or take down a peg or something. (laughs) Without my magic space daddy, I would run out and start murdering and raping people. I need my magic space daddy. (laughs) Right. Well, some people apparently think that they do. That's so scary. (laughs) Do you want to take belief away from those psychos? I don't think I do. 
I'm not suggesting that atheism is one of those noble lie things where people can't stand the truth, but I, I definitely do think that there are some individuals that, that yeah, that they can't necessarily handle the notion that the universe doesn't have any inherent meaning, that their loved ones aren't waiting for them in a magical playland up in the sky. Some people would be very vexed by this because their their entire lives they've been coddled with the idea. How much can a person be coddled to suddenly, you know, had like how much can they stand psychologically being coddled for their entire life, and then all of a sudden the rug pulled up from underneath them and say, "Welcome to cold reality, bitches." I mean, sometimes it might be too much for people. It was really sad. I remember one person asked me uh, if it was okay to lie to someone on their deathbed and tell them they were they were going to go to heaven. And I'm like, yes, it is, of course, because a person that's dying is very scared. Is it moral to lie to a person that's very scared to make, make them feel less scared? Yes, because the lie has no consequence. Mm. It doesn't matter. That lie doesn't matter. The problem is, is that when we propagate this lie outside of this very specific context where the lie does matter, where all of a sudden a person's irrational beliefs leads them to, to think that if they strap a bomb to themselves and jump in front of a fucking school bus full of kids, that they're somehow going to be rewarded with 72 or 72 virgins in, in, in Skyplay land. That is a dangerous belief. And of course, sometimes you can't have one without the other. Where do you draw that line, right? I would sort of say that perhaps it's best if we try to avoid this altogether, that yes, there can be times where the lie is is good, but for the most part, we all agree that lying is not necessarily very good. So a white lie, sure, that's not so bad. A perpetually lying and building your entire life around that lie, not so fucking cool. Hmm. Sky Playland sounds like an awesome amusement park. <laughs> I mean, you and I both know that it would be it would be <laughs> so awesome if they were right i mean i love this idea that people think that oh you just hate god and so on and so forth well, i'm like first of all it's very hard to dis dislike something that does not exist but second of all i would love the idea to be true yes i would love to live forever i would love to fly through space to have an infinite amount of time to read and to educate myself a mansion in to the pursue sky. all my interests yeah Ooh. to have a mansion to Fuck whoever I want to do what? whatever. What you wouldn't do that in heaven? It don't matter. You could fuck celebrities. You would. You would totally fuck like dead scientists. You don't think you would fuck uh, Kepler or Tycho Brahe or all these other brilliant men? You have a fetish for brilliant men. Hmm. <laughs> you would totally do it. And you know what? Since it's heaven, you could totally not worry about it. I don't think jealousy would be one of those things in heaven. Why would it be? That's that would seem. Kind of petty, don't you think? I, I feel like any answer is bad right now. <laughs> Probably any answer is bad. You're right. <laughs> I should not have thrown that situation right out there. But you, I think you all know what I'm talking about here, people. I'm going to seem like a bad person no matter what I say. Awesome. <laughs> I love co-hosting with you, Jacob. I think I'm wonderful Last time show. you told people look for naked pictures of me. Now we're trying to make me out to be a whore. Awesome. What? I was talking about myself. I would fuck plenty of, you know, I would fuck Mary Curie. Totally. I mean, she won a Nobel Prize. She was awesome. Discovered radium? That's hot. All right. I'll give you that one. And probably also I would have sex with uh, with uh, Ayn Rand, because I heard she's fucking crazy nasty. Oh. All into orgies and stuff like that. What? Yeah. That's pretty awesome. She was mad crazy. Oh, yeah. Loved her sex. Freaky deaky. <laughs> but unfortunately, this is a magical fantasy that we create to deal with the very scary 
uh, inevitable death that we have to face. Mm-hmm. I don't think that we should make decisions or view the world through the lens of fear. Ultimately, we'll always come up with the easiest answer, the answer that provides the least amount of fear and the most amount of comfort. But it's not the most amount of truth. And ultimately, I think that is the most important thing because the truth may not matter on an individual basis. You might not need to know that evolution is true. But it is important for the rest of the world to understand what evolution is, to know that it's true, because our very lives depend on that information now. Our greatest enemies aren't, you know, super-evolved bears or sharks that can walk on land. Our enemies are microscopic. They cannot be seen. And they are winning the war against us. I mean, I... I don't know. There's a lot of people. Well, you have to... Okay, look, here's an example. I don't think they're Um, winning the war. There are plenty of diseases that are starting to win the war. They're doing it very incrementally, like staph infections, which used to not be an issue, are now routine killers. Mm. There are plenty of people that die of staph infections. Like, you go to the hospital, get surgery... And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, well, we lost, uh, the, the person is dead now. And you're like, what the fuck happened? You're like, yeah. staff. Been there. Staff. Yeah. Not me particularly, right. but yeah, I've been there in terms of family experiences. And it, and, it, and if it doesn't kill you, uh, I've seen a lot of people like fighters in, in mixed martial art, which is the other thing, I, the other half of my life. Um, there are lots of fighters that have to fight like the worst staph infections in the world. And, you know, you see pieces of their flesh totally like gone because of... Ew. Just how much it's eaten them alive. Can we move on from this topic now? No. I'm, I'm trying to explain to everybody how how the, if we aren't careful, if we aren't smart, we can lose that war. I mean, the, the use of antibiotics by human beings is usually best qualified as completely irresponsible. And there are places in, say, Russia, Russian prisons, which are basically breeding grounds for some of the most potent diseases because these prisons are overcrowded they're not given proper medication or they don't they're not given antibiotics for a long enough time these places have tuberculosis for god's sakes diseases Mm. that were often considered to be eradicated on the comeback and they're not just you know sort of weaker strains they're stronger now because we've we've been complacent we've forgotten that the world of the microscopic should be fucking feared and the only way to combat them is to understand evolution and if you think that 59% of the population believing in it is enough, well, you got another thing coming. It's better be fucking 90. This is the number that we should seek. Now, it wouldn't be that hard if we converted all those individuals that are like, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. This just displays the fact that if you're not 100% sure about something, a lot of people don't want to be, you know, uh, uh, don't want to lie and pretend that they do. But scientific literacy isn't really all that great. So I think that just that tells us that if we can really bring those people on board, the numbers are going to look a lot better. And the marginalized idiots that think that the Earth is 10,000 years old are going to look even crazier. So what should be our effort? Not converting the 22% that think that evolution isn't true. It's the 19% that just aren't sure. Mm -hmm. These are the people we have to go after. These are the people we have to educate. These are the people we have to just grab and shake and say, what the fuck is wrong with you? (laughs) Evolution is true. What else do you think? Uh, caused you to be here, huh? If you're not sure, present me an idea. I just Let's wish discuss. there was some way, like, uh, as little as I believe in government interference, if we're slapping crazy warning labels onto cigarettes, can't we stick, like, crazy labels onto, onto antibiotics or something and be like, this was learned, you know, if you don't believe in evolution, then you really don't believe that this medication will work. Can we stick warnings on shit? That'd be cool, wouldn't if, it be? If warnings worked, then nobody would be smoking. They don't. I know they don't work. I just think <laughs> it'd be cool. I just that's a clever idea. 
do not use it, you know, like a warning, like, if you do not believe in evolution, if you believe that the planet is, like, only a few billion years old, or what is it, what? They believe that the Earth is 10,000 years old. Oh, what? 10,000. That's not the, Which is funny, because even some parts of the Old Testament have been estimated to be uh, as old as perhaps even 12,000 years old, as at least some fragments. We believe- so they don't even, they don't even understand uh, the age of anything. They calculate based on the age of, from Adam to, you know... Uh, to Jesus. They're just like calculating backwards. They're like, well, Adam lived 900 years and Moses lived 900 years. Methuselah lived 900 years. And they just add these together and they come up with an arbitrary number saying, well, it's 10,000 years. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously? Well, what do you expect? They're literalists, Bible literalists. Of course, they're going to calculate from whatever is available in the Bible. They're idiots. They're trying to use the Iliad to uncover the age of the earth. I'm like, can't, can't you see a book about an allegorical, metaphorical book when you see one, buddy? Can't you see that? Hmm. Anyways, you know what? Let's, let's wrap up the show. Uh, before we go, I'd like to thank everybody uh, for being a member. Sorry for the delay. Being in Calgary is a little bit of a throw-me-off kilter. So there might be spastic and uh, I will crack uneven. the whip. She'll crack the whip, she says. I will she crack it. She'll, she'll, she's on your side. I will crack wi- I have a literal whip I could do. I could seriously, literally crack the now whip. Now, we're, com- we're coming up to mm. almost an mm-hmm. entire year of doing this bonus show. And uh, I'd like to uh, just sort of put it out there that we we love doing what we do. And your membership is, makes that possible, your patronage. And we want to keep you on as, for as many years as uh, as possible and for as long as you like this show. Okay, with that, let's wrap it up. My name is Jacob Fortan. Oh, and I'm Chris Hendricks. Have a good atheist day, everybody. <laughs>